Welcome to JW Community Podcast, where my mum is basically just blabbering on about nonsense. Thank you, Phil. Hello and welcome to JW Community Podcast. I've got my co-host Lara back from an extended holiday, so it's great to have you back, Lara. How are you? I am feeling great, Louise. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for coming back. (laughs) (laughs) I've been looking forward to it. I've missed you, actually. I've missed being able to talk to people about what they're doing. And today, can I introduce you to Marches? Marches is a Polish activist. If I I just say a quick hello to him, then I'll let you know how we found him. So hello, Marches. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi. Maybe you can correct my pronunciation of your name if you just tell us how to pronounce your name. It, it's better coming from you. Uh, it's Maciej. Yes. It's, it's a very hard sound for English people because they don't have the C in the middle. So it's Chi. Maciej. Maciej. So I want to tell you, Louise, how I found Maciej. And probably a lot of people have now seen his work and the work of his friends. But about... A year ago, there was a newspaper article on my story with another lady from Queensland and her story. And if you look up uh, my name, Lara Kaput, and look for the word cruel, you can easily find the article that was written about us. And I had a response to that story. A couple of people contacted me, as usually happens when you're in the media. And this particular lady was originally a Polish lady, and she was living near me. And she contacted me to tell me that she was fading and she had never before met with an ex-Jehovah's Witness. And she was really scared because, you know, she's thinking when she comes to meet me, she's going to be struck down by lightning. You know that feeling. (laughs) Yeah. She told me, Maché, about what you had done with your friends. And then I looked it up and I was really impressed, really impressed. Um, she was exciting at that time that she heard that people were leaving Kingdom Halls in Poland 10 at a time. So then I saw pictures of your van covered with writing and I saw what I think you call a manifesto, which is equivalent in English to protest. And I was looking forward to understanding more from you because I would like everybody in every city to replicate what you've done. So I'm very keen to hear from you and hear something about you. Louise always likes to start with, tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, please do. So, yeah, I'm 32 years old. Uh, I come from Poland, of course. To be honest, <laughs> the, the pretty much earliest memories I have is, is memories of uh, Kingdom Halls. Well, it's not, uh, I, I wasn't born in. Uh, my parents are not Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, but it was very early on when my sister, who is six years old, uh, old uh, my mom got interested as well, but she uh, dropped out later on. Uh, but my sister got through and she dragged me over. <laughs> and I was, I was the kind of kid, I guess, who just, if you told him to get to the kingdom, go to the kingdom hall, if you told prepare for the meetings and give answers, I would pretty much do that. So, so that, there I was. I, I had this, this family study with my sister and, and some other people from the congregation. And for me, that was just normal, I guess. But my parents still, they, they weren't interfering because my mom 
I, I guess she believed in it, like, uh, believed that there's something to it, but in, on the other hand, she saw some things that she didn't like. Uh, years, years later, she only told me when I left uh, the organization that actually she didn't like it because very much in a way that everything's scripted. Like you go to to the meeting or you go to the church, there's there's no like freedom or or I don't know how to say it. Uh, uh, they told they tell you to they tell you to sit down, they tell you to sing. They, they you know it's all scripted, uh, and she didn't like that. But uh, because the people were nice and she knew those people that, that they are decent persons, uh, I guess that's why she permitted us to go there. And maybe when when she realized that that might be a mistake, it was already, already too late. We were like 100% <laughs> sunk in. So when I was 16, I got baptized. At this point, I think I didn't believe it like so much. I pretty much got baptized because my friend, who who was a bit older than me, was going to baptize as well. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but I think a few years later was uh, like over t- over the next couple of years, I started to really, really get it and, and get into it, and I started doing work in the congregation. Uh, um, because of my background, I, I really <clears throat> liked computers back then and <laughs> and still do because I'm a programmer. I was working with, in the sound department and I was working with the computers. So early on, I got some, quote unquote, privilege, <laughs> uh, like handling the mic. <laughs> Ooh, that's privilege a good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, I think I was 19 years old when I got the ministerial servant. Uh, I was appointed as a ministerial servant. It was for me. It was out of the blue. I didn't like. I, I did nothing to to actually like have that privilege. I, I was just doing my job, like I, what I was thinking. Right? And this one day, an elder approached me that my appointment came from the branch. I was like, what? <laughs> Wow. You must have been really good with the microphones. <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't only the microphones. I think it was the, the most part was the the theocratic ministry school. Yeah. Where I was, I was really keen to to make of make off for people who didn't arrive or or prepare. Oh. I was the guy who the elders could approach before the meeting and say, "Machi, number four is missing. Can you do that in fifteen minutes?" And I was like, okay. <laughs> wow. That, that's a nice challenge. And I think that was a big part because I, I really liked it. And I think I, I, I had, I, I don't say, I, I won't say I had that talent for it, but I. I think you should say that. I think you're allowed <laughs> to say, it does sound like you were good at what you did. And, and it, it makes you happy when you're good at what you do. It's yeah, yeah, it, it really was. It was satisfying because I, I thought I was doing like God's work. Of course, <laughs> and, well, of course, yeah. And I was also helping others, so so there's that, and it extended. So so early on, I I was I think from the year I, I was baptized, every year we were we were to pioneer camps. Not sure if you have pioneer camps because I know in the US it's not so known. I don't know. I'm in the UK, and I don't probably 
Probably not. I'm so far removed from it now. I've forgotten what happens. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think that was actually a Polish thing in the organization. Something that that other countries didn't have to this extent. But it was basically a way for young people to do like worldly things <laughs> in the days in vacation. So uh, what we did is is uh, every year we would gather a group of twelve, fourteen, twenty people and go to a remote area where the need is great <laughs> and live under tents in for, for two weeks, uh, around two weeks, and go like five hours per day to the ministry to, to do the pioneer. Uh, That's the difference then, because we don't have any remote areas in England. We're like, <laughs> literally, you can, you, anyone can walk to the local shop in England. That's why English people are always buggering off to other countries to where the need is great because a it's a good fun <laughs> b we need to get away from your your parents somehow yeah we, we don't yeah we, we had ireland that was our go-to place for the need is ah. great, which is quite patronizing and rude because i don't think i think politically i don't think the irish particularly wanted english people going over and telling them what to do again <laughs> with god behind them just saying, but obviously the American Watchtower Society had no knowledge of that quirky politic going on. So we, the English were always jumping over to Ireland to be superciliously righteous over there as if they could yeah. do themselves. Yeah, so, so to compress it a little bit, because I, I think I'm going slow. No, you're not. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So with those pioneer camps, I met some other people who were really keen to do more in organization or, sorry, to Jehovah. And one of the circuit overseers uh, was really, he was kind of guy like, circuit overseers are usually not very nice. Like, they are nice from the platform, but when you, when you meet them, they are usually very second, not, not revealing and so on. This guy, it was a totally different story. He, he had a uh, that he would wear for the pioneer school. <laughs> he was he was very very different, and he also very very interested in in people. Like usually, uh, CEOs don't have much time because they, like they have the whole week scheduled for them, and the only free time they they get is part of the Sunday and the whole Monday, because they, they go on Tuesday to another congregation. So Monday is time for, for them, for, for husband and wife, and, and so on. Uh, so so this guy could use up his Monday to meet with some local brothers, like the, the young brothers, and play games with them, for example. <laughs> so we, we really planned that, I think, and he he said, well, maybe maybe you could go to... To the nearby, uh, uh, to the nearby uh, countryside where we have, we don't have uh, many brothers and you're a ministerial servant, so you could serve there. They only have two elders and they really need some help. So I said, yeah, of course. And, and by coincidence, this was the congregation that my current wife was in. Yeah. So she she was born in there, but uh, I don't think. Well, maybe maybe he knew that, and maybe in, in retrospect he arranged it that way. But anyway, of course I said yes. <laughs> she was. So your cloud had a silver lining, we would say in English. Your yeah. cloud had had a silver lining. <laughs> yeah, I guess that. so. 
So, so I went there and that was my first, like, serving in, in, in our terrain when, when the need is great. <laughs> I spent three years then, uh, th- there. Then we, we married with, uh, with, uh, Lena. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and after that, uh, we moved to the lower, the southern Poland. It's called Lower Silesian part of Poland. That's, Again, when my where my sister now lives because she she uh, married with a JW and, and they they lived there. So I spent three years there. I became an elder in that congregation because again I was I, I started to help with the conventions, the this, the circuit assemblies with the sound. At one point, I even was in in this local group of. Of people who oversee the the sound department and uh, well, I, I wasn't overseeing, but I, one of the people who would uh, prepare uh, like materials for schools because they they also have schools for people who who are in the sound departments in, in the assemblies. So it's, it's very very intricate. I even were, went to one uh, meeting in Warsaw from the whole country. Uh, they they arranged a meeting of all people who are in the sound, in sound departments and one of the helpers of the governing body I think or or, or one uh, well one of the higher ups went there and gave speech uh, I think he, he was from Australia I don't oh know God. who knew that sound was so important <laughs> yeah they he he made it like the sound is is the most important thing and and, and it's it, how it sounds, it's really even more important probably than, than what it's... Than what's in it. No, <laughs> it sounds to me like your life was getting more and more complicated for you to wake up. Because every layer yeah. that's going deeper yeah. is less yeah. likely that you're ever going to be able to extricate yourself, especially now that you've got married and you had family in there. How how did you... What happened <laughs> to, to wake you up? Yeah, what happened? So, uh, I, I think that I've heard a couple of times in my life that I lack humiliation or hum- humility. Sorry, humility. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> humiliation. Yeah. So I-, I lack humility, and it was probably because I had strong opinions. <laughs> if I believe it, it, it was not about that. I I want to be it my way. I just want to be it right. Yeah. But you know, in the congregation, if someone is higher than you, and and you disagree with him. That's lack of humility, even if even if you're even if right. They're wrong, yeah. <laughs> so so I've heard that a couple of times uh, in my life, but but I I tried to adjust. I didn't want to go like before the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, but then spent three years in in the lower Silesian part when when my sister lives, and then we said with Lina because we were both pioneers. We were uh, I was elder, and we said well. We spent here three years. We know every house on this ter- on this territory, really, because well, seventy hours per month can get you there. <laughs> and we said, well, we'd like to change something. So, so I approached uh, the CEO there and said that that we would like to change. And he said, yeah, I have a place for you. There's there's a congregation that where. Again, there's only two elders there. They they really need help, and you're an elder. That would be excellent. And also, the congregation has a problem because there are many young people, but they don't have any direction. So maybe with your example, mm-hmm. you could guide them. <laughs> and yeah. 
he really meant that because we we even at some point had uh, like interviews at conventions like we're both pioneers I'm an elder so it's the best life ever yeah. <laughs> and so on <laughs> yeah. so so I think he really meant that as we didn't hesitate really wanted to change the, the congregation started to uh, be too familiar to us and all the people there there. So we moved to to a little city called Wolf, and that's when the fun started. I met uh, this guy who is actually still a JW, but I think I can say his name because he will not be there much longer. Oh, <laughs> so, <wow>. I, <laughs> so I met Jacek there, and Jacek is a guy who who is, how could you say it? He is a Bible scholar. Yeah, a seeker of truth. <laughs> he he is a true seeker. Yeah, so so he couldn't, he never couldn't just leave things when he didn't understand them. He was the guy who who would write the branch office that the watchtower doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so on. Uh, but he he was still an elder, and and so there was this dissonance because at one point, at one part, he was an elder and he was an example, and and so on. But on the other, this personality that really like Watchtower doesn't like because they don't like seekers; they they like doers. They yeah, well, they want you to look as if you're seeking truth, but as long as you yeah. find what they say is truth, exactly. if you happen to find an an actual truth and you point it out in all honesty. Then you're in trouble, and I think a lot of people have done that, thinking, "Oh, they'll be really pleased that I found this actual <laughs> truth. I'll just, you I'll just that. point it out to them, and they'll be really happy because they want truth like I want truth, and they're not really happy. Yeah. They disfellowship you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so that's pretty much what happened. So we, we re- like immediately we bonded with with him and and our wives as well. So, so we met like many times a week. After meetings and between meetings, like just uh, casually, not not really only discussing Bible, but but yeah, friendship. Over time, yeah, it was really a friendship, and over time uh, he started to introduce me to some of his thoughts about the Bible, uh, especially about the doctrines that didn't quite match up for him. And and yeah, we started talking. At the beginning, I was like very defensive. I was I. I I was saying, no, you're wrong. It cannot be like this because, and, and I really tried, I really tried hard to find arguments. It wasn't just like, no, no, that's true. I, I really tried to find arguments for him. And, and what, what got me and uh, what surprised me that I could less and less I find arguments to repel his, uh, his, thoughts on, on thoughts. In some cases, I, I have to admit to myself that there there is no argument that I can give him. And we started to look up uh, into stuff. We started to read other Bible translations, not only the one through New World Translation, but also others. And then we discovered that some stuff is, is really either mistranslated or uh, or plainly wrong. And, uh, Martin, and what that sounds a lot like uh, my cousin who we interviewed mm-hmm. a couple of months ago. His name's Daniel. And he was at Bethel. And he told his story about how he woke up. And it's quite similar because, mm-hmm. like your friend, he was very interested in the doctrine. 
really very, like you explained to yourself, you really believed what you're doing, you poured your heart into it, you even would put your life on the line for it. I would say he was like that too. So then it came as a surprise. He then felt deceived, used, and uh, we were all being manipulated. So it sounds like a very similar story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my story isn't really that uh, different from many other JWs that woke up. Oh, for for everyone, there's a different reason. Someone just needs a, a little push, like someone uh, learns about pedof- pedophilia, and that's it for him. Yeah. But for me, because I was so invested, whole mm. my life revolved over the organization, like every single thing, even my job. Because uh, even before I left my first congregation, I had a job offer from. One of the bigger, one of the bigger uh, websites like uh, like eBay, but the, the Polish equivalent of eBay, and they gave me at that time really, really nice terms to work. But the catch was that I I would need to move to Poznan, which is one of the biggest cities in Poland. So I would need to move to the big city and work in a corporation, which meant I would never be pioneer and so on. So. Of course, I chose the better part, which is the organization. Oh, and wow. and years and years later, I would brag about it. So yeah, to speak, that you turned down that, a good job. That I turned hard. down. So so really, organization shaped my my whole life because I think I would be in a much different place if I took that job. Then I think I would already have a house and probably. <laughs> something else and not to start with nothing basically at 30 years old um so yeah it was it was really hard for me uh, to to even let a thought into my mind that something could be wrong and in the beginning it wasn't uh, like even when we discovered things that are obviously not right mm-hmm. we still thought the organization is is the one true organization is just that the light will get brighter and yeah. Jehovah will guide them. And if we discover them, we are sure that they will discover this as well. And one of the things we were most uh, like adamant to, to see go through is about the two hopes. So the earthly hope and, and the heavenly hope. Because when reading the Bible, we just like, Trying to understand what they said, there were there there were no two hopes in there. There was only one hope, and and that meant that when the memorial came, uh, it's either it's either participating in that hope and participating with the emblems, or or not. And then you you like reject Christ and reject yeah. the whole thing. And Jacek was was the first one uh, who partook in in one of the memorials when we uh, got there. It was like it, it was a scandal. <laughs> for, I can, for us. I can but, well imagine. Wow! Because he, he was an elder. He was in a good position and everything. And suddenly the guy bites the bread and sips the wine. So so everyone except of us, because we, we were bummed out that we ha- didn't have enough courage with Lena to, to do that as well uh, in that year. Uh, but everyone else was surprised and, and people start talking and, uh, and we... We were excited. We, like you said, we tried to tell people, listen, it might be that everyone should par- partake. 
and yeah. and I was like excited that 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 this will excite uh, other guys as well, and and it turned out that a, a day later, this sister came to our house and said that sh- she was very sneaky. She uh, at first tried to like uh, see what exactly is what we are thinking, so she asked questions, and I of she course. Pretended. Yeah, yeah, she pretended she wanted to understand, whereas yeah. really she was just getting information from exactly, you so that exactly. she could tell on you. And in my excitement, I, of course, told her everything we we learned and more. <laughs> so, so uh, like, the, the next day or, or in this week, we learned that the elders are investigating in our case. And I would say, like, what? What case? What's, what's happening? Very quickly, a CEO visited our congregation. Uh, well, not congregation, just us. So he 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 took he uh, like left his his week of of work and, and arrived here. He actually called me and said, "Well, Machi, I'm I happen to to be involved, and can I, can I go to can I visit you?" So he made an impression that he was just passing by. Yeah. Like it's it, it's not no real reason. It's not a special uh, visit, but it was yeah, a special not, visit. It, it really was a special visit because he started again to question us. We learned that he actually did an investigation and he called all the people from our previous congregation and asked them whether we spoke with them about those things we believe. And we did. So he had like this uh, thing. He, he know that something's up with us. And he started questioning. He, he even went so far as extracting, uh, as asking my uh, my brother-in-law, uh, uh, like my sister's husband, to extract my sister's chats with me and give wow. me, uh, without her knowledge. Uh, so, so yeah. And I, I was shocked when he read to me my conversations with her. I was like, where did you get that? And wow. then I immediately asked my sister and like she was what? So, yeah, so, so that wow. situation, I, I met this guy, like, half a year later, we had him in our place uh, during the, the week of uh, of CEO visit. He lived in our place, and we were, like, friends and all this, and now we're sitting in, in one room, and this guy looks looks at us, and he he had this, this wild look, uh, like he, like we were, like, like we were someone... Like, dangerous. Um, dangerous. Yeah, yeah. He, he had this look like I, I was, I was scared. It, it was a different person than, than I knew before, and it went downhill pretty fast. So, so when we saw kind of treatment, when we thought we didn't deserve this kind of treatment, because that was the, that was also the day we got deleted from elders, both me and the attic. We wrote a letter to to branch office that uh, describing what what we thought about that. And guess what? There was no was no answer at all. Yeah. Like this this one hurt us a lot because like we expected at least like an acknowledgement that they received the letter anything, but they just straight up ignored us. So so that that was I think our breaking point, and that was when we invited ourselves that. Maybe, maybe we should investigate a little more in other stuff. So, so yeah, that, that's, that's how it went. Uh, From the start, when you were first doubting because your friend introduced you to uh-huh. uh, failures in the doctrine, to this time where suddenly it's 
two people, then three people, then four people. What was that time period? You just mentioned a year. Is this over a two or three year period or how, how long? Well, we, started, we first started these discussions in, in late 2013 and in May of in April, May of 2014, we got deleted <laughs> from the elders because that's, that's when, so, so it was, uh, it was the memorial of 2014 when Yacek partook and then it was like two or three weeks and, and all that happened really fast. Uh, but, but the, the issue was that 2014 was the international convention in the United States. I had the, the flyer in, in the other room. So we, we already before all that, we already signed up for this because we, we thought, wow, USA, it's, it's a nice uh, opportunity to see the country and also to go to the international convention. So even though we got deleted and uh, uh, really you have to be on privilege to participate in this kind of event, it's not for everyone if you want to be a delegate. I asked the elders whether we ca can still go there or not, and, and the elders said, well, it's okay, you can go. So we went there, and actually that, I think that lapsed us a bit in, in our waking up, because the convention was like, uh, I was stunned with, of course, all the love bombing, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the hospitality of, of brothers there, I, I was... Uh, it was amazing for me. It, they really stood up and, and went above and beyond to make us comfortable there. And they had e events planned. There was this big party in, in a barn. Like, and of course the convention. So when, when we got back from there, I was like, well, maybe we were wrong. Maybe, maybe it's only in Poland, like this country, because Polish people are, are quite, uh, on the overall, are quite negative, right. and and we thought that yeah maybe maybe it's only us, but but the seed was planted. So just a few months later, we started to to discover new things and new things. And I think in in the early 2015, so a year and and a half maybe after we start, first started questioning stuff, I. It was the first time I used the word cult. In wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a big step, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and it was even then it was like I, I'm still not sure if 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 that's okay and if God will not kill me for just saying that. <laughs> I know yeah. what you mean, Matthias, because I was out for 25 years and I only used that word for the first time in the last two years, <laughs> and. It's only after you read the definition, you know, and you think about the Steve Hassan material that you match mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the behavior of JWs. And then it's very comfortable to say it. Uh, but still you, you kind of transition half the time you call it religion, half the time you call it a cult because yeah. people don't know and it as a cult, but they need to learn it. It is a cult. And even then you still have, uh, uh, for many months, we would say that we in in regards to the like the organization like we believe and we so so it was really hard to, to leave and and the the word truth truth is, is truth something is a hard that, one yeah it was even even after we left people still used that word I, I tried not to very hard but it's it's so ingrained in you uh, I do really I hard. say a lot how long were you in the truth no <laughs> oh, no yeah, so so uh, to to make up for it, I I would say how long you you've been in the lie. 
Yeah. You realize much as you told me that you had a debt to the public. The people that you had previously preached to, you felt you had a debt to them. So that as few as people as possible would be deceived by the organization so you would be, you know, as you had been. So these people you were gathering together with a similar mindset, you got together using your internet forum and decided to launch actually a campaign, an information campaign called Breaking the Silence. So can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so just to get back uh, a little bit, you, you said that th- that this uh, this lady who uh, who heard about us that that the people were uh, leaving congregation by ten. So so Wolf, when I met Jacek, was was this congregation because we uh, it, at first it was just we and him, but then then it was other guys from this congregation, and then there were other guys, his friends who we met as well from other congregations. Uh, uh, so in the end, it, like in in a span of two years, there were like twenty five people we knew from his from this congregation and and from his friends like circle who either left or just didn't believe anymore. So among th- those people, uh, there was this other guy called uh, Alex uh, Alex. Alexander. He was from a different congregation, but we very quickly, he was Yasek's friend and, and we also get together. And, uh, he, he maybe isn't, he also was an elder and he, with his wife were pioneers for most of their lives. They, they really, they really thought that organization took their lives from them because they, they didn't have children and they, they could have have, but, but now it's a bit late for that and, and many other things. And he's very, he's kind of guy who will act immediately. He, he's not, he's not, not, not the kind of guy who will think maybe we could do that. Maybe, maybe we couldn't. He's like, let's do that. And, and one of the things he said, like, it was, I think, it was late 2014. We were discussing what we can do, and he said, "Well, let's let's organize a protest. Uh, let's organize a protest where where all the XJWs we know would get together in Roslav, which is uh, a city, uh, one of the biggest cities in the Lower Silesian in, in the southern part of Poland, on the city square." And yeah, I thought that that's a great idea. So, so I think it was like five or six months before we announced that we want to uh, make that protest. Even before that, we went for a little uh, get together to to another to another kingdom hall that in another city that was um, built illegally. And wow. Yeah, that was actually our first protest, but it was only five people, and we had handmade signs, and it was really from from our. From the current point of view, it was really unprofessional, but yeah, it was a start. <laughs> so, so I guess you, you need to start, otherwise start somewhere, and then you can get get uh, better. But but if you don't start, then then you won't get anywhere. So so we started that, and and we learned from that experience. So in Roslav, we we already had uh, professionally printed uh, signs and leaflets and some other things. So uh, I think Roslav was was our first and also biggest success to this point because for one I think it was like 50 60 maybe 70 people in total plus uh, all the guy, all the 
people who just wanted to know something, the passer passing by. So it was quite popular by XJW standards. And also we got media coverage, uh, like two television stations approached us and, and made a like few minutes uh, report, uh, report on what's happening. I was stunned when, when I saw that because one of that was actually the national television, one of the uh, regional national television stations. And they, they even, I think they even used the word cult. <laughs> so, wow. so I was stunned. And I think that's when uh, many people started to visit our forums because uh, even before I left, I started to, to visit those Polish uh, XJW forums. Because I was still an elder, I had access to elder letters. So I thought mm. it would be nice, it would be nice to create a website where you could get all the letters that, that were sent, like, yeah. from the old time. And mm. I did it. It, it. it took me one year to build that website because I'm, I'm, wow. really, I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a master of procrastination. <laughs> I could say so. So it took a while, but but I made it. It's called the Watchtower Archive or uh, WTSArchive.com, and on there you can find letters both in English and Polish. I didn't quite update it uh, recently, but there's a, quite a bit of material there. I also put recordings of uh, conventions there and and some other things. So we started. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know that you had done that, <laughs> so that's good to <laughs> yeah. know. That's really useful. I'll put a link of your website with the podcast because obviously some other people are having problems with Watchtower trying to take their resources down. So mm-hmm. to know about that there's still a place where you can get elders' letters in English is amazing. Thank you. It's funny you should say that, Louise. I tried to look one up just yesterday, in fact. I happened to find an old letter from my dad and on the back of it was written the date of an elder's letter. And I looked up, you know, avoid JW mm-hmm. and it available. So I will definitely yeah. use this resource. Let's put it on the bottom of the podcast. Yeah, so that definitely. Can Thank you. Yeah. Marches, uh, can I just um, add to what you're telling us? Because I remember seeing a photo of all of your leaflets that had been printed in a palette. Yeah. Do you remember... Yeah, there was a photo that you took before the leaflets mm-hmm. were delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing that and you told me that one very generous PMO or physically in, mentally mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. you donated a lot of money. So you had that, as you said, professional equipment, the signs, the leaflets and so on and the others chipped in as well. Mm-hmm. So you said it wouldn't be that big but now you've had this fantastic success and, you know, reaching the media you know, I'm just so thrilled for you, and I and I thank you. You know, great work. Yeah, and how did the media find out about you? Did you contact them, or was it just on the day that they happened to see you? No, well, with the media, the point is, it, it's really hard to convince the media that this is an important topic. Yeah. Uh, if you probably tried and, and have some experience mm-hmm. with it. So uh, in Roslav, we actually, one of us actually had some connections. Right. And and you really need on, uh, con- to convince only one of them because then yeah. they will uh, the others will follow very quickly. Yeah. And, and he had connections to one of the the, the media persons and and it went uh, from there. But really, it's uh, you, you cannot really assume that they will know. You have no. to put uh, 
th- th- there has to be a person, and we always delegate it to one person to do this one job, to, to contact everyone they can, uh, send the materials, follow up with them, and and let them know when it's happening, what is happening, give them uh, guidance, and so on, because otherwise no one will come. You, you right. yeah. so, so in Warsaw, for example, we didn't really have like national television or anything, but we had many independent uh, reporters who we approached from from various uh, directions. And uh, it turned out that these were very, very successful. So if you go to YouTube and type in Świadkowie Jehovah, which is Jehovah's Witnesses in Poland, in Polish, or even if you type just Świadkowie Jehovah in Google, one of the first links that you will see is is one of the videos from this pretty li- pretty small YouTube channel that says wrongdoings of Jehovah's Witnesses <laughs> and that's wow. an interview yeah. for, with with Alexander from that protest so even uh, and and we didn't really even agree like with their with direction of this channel because that that was a very like right wing like almost alt-right-wing channel. Yeah. But still, like, they wanted to, to interview us, then wh- why not? Uh, there was this on- other channel, which was, like, very Catholic, like, uh, like intense Catholic channel, and they still wanted to interview us. And, of course, we did. And, and uh, if you go to this one video, it has, like, th- this one with Alexander, it has 272,000 views right now. Uh, so yeah, it's it's really beneficial to do that to to do those kind of interviews, even with some independent bloggers that you don't know because you don't you never know when it will explode. <laughs> uh, we certainly so do that here. Mm-hmm. We it, just in the last three months, we have been approached by three different journalists, mm-hmm. and uh, one was a student, and we got onto the radio. Three of us, extra Harvest witnesses, got onto the radio as a result of that. Now an, another student journalist has contacted us and we're in the middle of finalising the story with her. And then there's a, another one, which I'll talk about at the end of your interview, much as today. I'll just let you know what's happening in New Zealand because there's a journalist here. Mm-hmm. So that's just in three months. And yeah. their people, we didn't contact them. They contacted us. So mm-hmm. imagine if people actually contact their media and tell them mm-hmm. about what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, really interesting stories for people to understand. Mm-hmm. So if I go back to you, the work that you're doing, I think you said to me that there were six different protests in different cities in Poland. Is that right? Six in, in a year or something? Let me count. Well, uh, I think we had four protests in a year and six in total right now. So uh, there was this small protest in, 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 at the, that Kingdom Hall. And then there was Roslav. Uh, then uh, we decided to do a, a convention, uh, convention type of protest. And we also, so that was, uh, just let me uh, recall that. Because on, on, uh, in 2016, even before I left the, the truth, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I prepared a video about the 2016 conventions. Maybe you saw that it's called Loyal Until Death. Uh, with this this girl that that speaks uh, about her experience and then some some Jada I put the uh, 
and videos from the convention, the, the cringy parts in it. So it got mm-hmm. like 100,000 views uh, in Polish and wow. uh, about the same English. And, and that was also an invitation, like, yeah, so, so that was this year, because we then, this this video was released before any conventions even started in Poland, and it contained the videos from, from the convention. So my goal was to to get to the witnesses and show them, like, without all the atmosphere and all the like if they just could watch this in from their homes without anyone watching maybe they could see that something is wrong with it so we did that and uh, when we were at the conventions we went to Płock and we went to Warsaw which is the capital of Poland and the Warsaw one was was insane because they they had I think 40,000 or 30,000 JWs there, so it was quite big. And we also had a great spot. Uh, we, uh, we reserved this spot just before the gate when all the JWs in the morning w- would gather to, to enter. We reserved that spot in the city center. We said that we will have a protest there. And the day before, we set up a van in that place, so no nobody would would park <laughs> uh, oh, in there. So we thought that when we start talking, because we had sound system and, and all that sound equipment, we thought that when we started talking, like everybody would run. And <laughs> in the beginning, that that's what really happened because we went there before the gates opened, so they were all there trapped between us and the <laughs> gates. <laughs> and and uh, at this point, I also want to, to 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 say that we really, really try to be as gentle as possible, even though we we think they this is a cult and they are to be condemned for what they are doing. At any time, we never wanted to insult them or or even be in any way, shape or form aggressive because that's yeah. Uh, that's what Watchtower wants. Like they show you the, those apostates with angry faces and and uh, yelling at you and so on. No, we we enter and say hi, hi. I'm Maciej. This is Lena. We were Jehovah's Witnesses, but now we're not, and we we'd like we'd like to tell you why. When the gates opened, of course, people poured in into stadium. But then something something magical happened because even though the program like the the program was about to start the the place looked like like after the gate there were stairs and then there was this long railing around the 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 stadium so there were 15 to 100 people leaning on those railings listening to us wow and we were talking about pedophilia about the, the false prophecies all that about our experiences and so on and they really listened Wow. Well, few of them, few of them, I guess, wanted just to shoot pictures of us or whatever, like <laughs> they were in the zoo, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. But, but I, I am pretty certain that, that some of them, like, just wanted to hear us and, and hear what they said and hear what we said. And, uh, because there were others, uh, also listening, it was easier for anyone to just chime in and just lean on ear and see what's going on. So uh, I guess my point is that we we don't have to fear about what what will happen and if our actions will will go through or not because sometimes you can be surprised. 
what's going on. There are unintended consequences as well. That you don't and, know what might yes, happen. Yes, exactly. So somebody asked me about the London protest I'm arranging. Oh, is there any evidence that this has success? And I said, well, I, I don't know because I've never done one before. I'm right <laughs> out of my comfort zone. But if if the intention is to wake up witnesses, well, then maybe not. If that's the only way you're going to measure success, but there will be other consequences that we just don't know about that will happen when we do it yeah so for example in warsaw there were at least three persons who approached us who were just interested in jw's or were studying with jw's and they approached us because they didn't have this internal like mechanism of control yet ingrained in them and we showed them some things and i think two of them said that that what they saw today made them made to make a decision to not uh, to not pursue JWs mm. anymore. So that that was really the best thing you could hear uh, you could hear because that's that's a measure of your success really that someone yeah. you potentially saved someone from yeah. going into this. Would like to share with you something that happened last week to me when I was in New Zealand. I did some unwitnessing in a city called Auckland. And that's the capital there. And I approached these three ladies and told them about four members of my family being abused. And the lady kept saying to me, you seem really balanced. And I was just speaking quietly and Mm -hmm. slowly and just explaining to her what had happened. And again, she said, you seemed really balanced. And I said, yes, I've got a happy life and I'm happy now that I'm out and just living my life without the control, you know, genuine and authentically. So I was surprised, like you said, I was surprised they listened because you expect them not to, but it can happen. And with Louise, with regard to your comment, is it a success? Let's look back at at New York in Warwick last year. Now now that became national, that was wrapped up into a a global documentary um, that was focused in Canada. W5. I don't know if you've seen that that much as yeah, yeah, I did. W5. And you know they've got footage from that protest mm-hmm. and also the uh, visiting the the Kingdom Halls and people standing up. I have no doubt that it's going to have success. Absolutely no yeah. doubt. What I uh, learned is that even like in isolation, one action could mean little, but we but we because we did so much in the last. Two, two years, we uh, we arranged uh, those protests. Uh, we printed three different different kind of leaflets. Uh, we uh, set up a website, breakingthesilence.pl in Polish, of course, uh, which had which was prepared especially for this for this information campaign. We also gave those interviews. We tried, like on on our forums, we we did uh, much work to uh, to invite people to, to learn about that. So so all of these summed together uh, really make a difference, I think. And, and even like even even this first protest, even though it was unprofessional and 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 there were many things to improve, I think just putting some something up makes others encourages them to also step up and that's, that's oh, what massively. I heard, 
That, that's what I I've heard many, many times that, 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 that people were encouraged by what we did, like in Wrocław, for example, and they wanted to do the same thing in, in their city. So now uh, those leaflets that, that you saw, uh, we actually printed more <laughs> because, because people, want, people want to receive them so they could uh, do unwitnessing in, in their cities, in their villages, yeah. the, bring the leaflets to their neighbors. Uh, bring them to their uh, to the church, so people in the church, uh, b- because the, the the priests, believe it or not, are are very <laughs> are very keen to get materials that will uh, help them fight the cult. <laughs> yes, no, that's true. I've heard that from um, a, a student I used to teach. Her dad is a vicar, and she said. Um, oh, I've known for years that Jehovah's Witnesses are cults because Dad always used to preach it, that, that it was a cult. And I, I said, really? She said, yeah, she, it was no big deal to her. I was thinking it's like, oh, it's a revelation to me. <laughs> she said, oh, no, I've known for years. I was like, wow. Is it true what this lady told me about people leaving Kingdom Halls 10 at a time? Uh, Is that the result of some of your work? Well, like I said, I think she was referring to this uh, to the congregation I was in because mm. from that congregation, I think fifteen people left in total yeah. in a very short period of time. In other places, maybe not by ten, but but there are whole families who are leaving. Uh, like in Roslav, uh, there was this uh, there is this couple, very young couple, uh, Christian and Paulina, who left and they. Uh, they were approached by some, again, some believing like evangelical channel or of some sorts. And they gave an interview on YouTube, uh, called We Were Jehovah's Witnesses. And this interview right now has one million views. (laughs) (laughs) For whatever reason. But yeah, that's good because that, that interview fed views to our channels as well. So, so it was nice. Their, so, so they left, their parents left. And I think someone else from their family left as well. So yeah, uh, it's JWs would say, and it's true that it's contagious. Uh, yeah. it, it really is, uh, especially if if you're close. Because I think what what happened in Volv, uh is that those all those people who eventually left were very close to each other. We we were friends, and and, and with that in mind, when one started to have doubts and discuss those doubts with others, they didn't immediately like discard him or even uh, thought that he's an enemy because we, we were friends and we discussed that in a friendly atmosphere. That's what, what happened. So, uh, so I think that uh, it's very hard because it's counterintuitive when you're re- learning about the truth, about the truth. You think, uh, many people think that they have to hide it. That they have to hide it even from their spouse or or their friends. I think the opposite. I, I think actually you can you can do more harm to yourself when you hide it especially from your spouse. Because what, what happened with me and Lena and Jacek and his wife and Alex and his wife and Christian and his wife is that for, for all of us it was from the beginning together uh, learning. It, it wasn't like me learning in the secret from Lena and then uh, a year later, she discovers that I'm a different person. I was going to ask that. I was going to ask, did it cause problems in your marriage? But no, you've no, not that. at all. 
No, not at all. And the reason was, I think that that we tried to do it together. Uh, there were some <laughs> some funny moments when I wasn't still very sure if if, if that's if it's a cult or not. I, I saw the problems, but like, like I was still fearing the apostates because you know you, you have this you have this thought in your mind ingrained by the governing body that apostates that Satan will use apostates to deceive you and even if yeah. you are very smart you can be deceived so yeah. i had this in mind that yeah maybe i am too smart for for myself and maybe maybe satan satan is deceiving me this way so i was very reluctant to watch any youtube like apostate channels which we had a lot in polish but lena on the other hand was very quick to do that and mm. and there was even a time when I, I I said to her, "Well, honey, maybe we we should be more careful because these guys can deceive us." <laughs> and, yeah. and, and she was uh, mad at me that I I, I don't let I, I'm trying to like prevent her from okay, watching. Yes. <laughs> so she was, all respect to your wife then. <laughs> so she, she was too even faced to be a... <laughs> Yeah, she was. She was that, 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 that was good for her. She actually, actually, I think, woke up like totally faster than me <laughs> in that regard. So, so there's another couple of things, Matthias. You, you've still got more to share with us because. I'm interested in knowing about the protest and the equipment you had. You had a loudspeaker mm-hmm. and um, you were very careful, as you said before, that you weren't shouting and that you were focused on facts and stories. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me, did you talk about that beforehand, how you should uh, use the loudspeaker? And what was the loudspeaker? I wrote down the, the model because I thought it would mm-hmm. be very helpful. I couldn't find it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can... I put links at the end. So please tell us about that equipment that you used. What was your methodology? So uh, to answer your first question, uh, before the protests, uh, we almost always we m- met the day before and tried to talk about the, what we will uh, cover, uh, how we will speak, and, and really, I think the TMS school <laughs> helped us a lot in that. <laughs> Regards to to watch towers <laughs> this May yeah. uh, that that we we really because I I was an elder and Alex was an elder we we know how to speak I, I it's not like I'm not uh, uh, I don't want to say that I'm a master of speaking of some it. sort but I'm, I'm really not but I have uh, but it's easy for me. What, what I wanted to say, because I, I delivered hundreds of talks in my life because of Watchtower, uh, and even the 45 minute ones. So it, over time, it just got easy to, to talk, to cover subjects and, and to put things into words. And even though, um, it, I still sometimes struggled with, with words, but I don't have this fear anymore, even in front of big audience because I have experience. So I think mm-hmm. in, in that area, Watchtower helps me to <laughs> uh, to do that and also help others uh, like Alex. Uh, uh, like uh, I I actually forgot one person who is very important in, in, in here and who were here before me and Alex and Jacek in, in the XJW space. The guy's name is uh, Staszek Stanisław. 
he woke up like 10 years ago, I think. And he also started like activism. He started actually, what do you call it? It's, it's a legal group, uh, like association. Right. So yeah. he, he started a legal association called, again, how do you? Charity? Deliverance? Charity? No, 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 it, it wasn't right. a charity. It, but but uh-huh. the name was uh, that we were like, rescued or rescued from the cult so so the word was like rescued i, I cannot right. find it right you can send me the link if you want and i'll put it with the podcast so maybe now this this association is not very active anymore but but that was really what started activism in poland for real so he really wow. wanted to do it uh, legally because then he had access to uh, people in the government to some to, to get like to speak with even w- once we went to the president like to, to the premier sorry not to the president but to his office and talked with some guys there um so uh really the, the work because I, I don't want to give you the impression that that i am the, the central person in here i'm really mm-hmm. not the the people who were before me like stashek like that there was this other guy who who made all the translation work from the English website, apostate website to Polish, uh, and so other. So really, it's it's a group effort, and and you really yeah. to, to organize this protest and to keep it up, you really have to to have a group, uh, yeah. people yes. who are willing to spend their time, money, uh, yeah. to put their their uh, like lives in, in, on the line. Maybe not physically, but uh, but you have to put your face on the line or your mm-hmm. name and that also n- not many people want that but yeah. this guy like Stasek wanted Stasek did that and he even appeared in national television I think 10 years ago I I watched his interview when, when I was a JW of course I was like furious that this apostate is spreading lies <laughs> <laughs> <All that>. yeah yeah <laughs> But again, it, it's not like th- this activism work started two years ago when when I entered this team. I, I uh, it was long before that. So what I what I am saying, I think, is that you really have to work hard, and and you will the result of that might appear a long time later. Even even after you finish, it will still go like. The, our recordings on on YouTube, uh, our work is still giving us like people are contacting us saying that they watched a video that we put two years ago for example yeah we're all standing on the shoulders of giants i think and and we're all we're all paying homage to people that have gone before and have done a put a lot of groundwork in and you're right what's happening now i've had somebody say to me oh it's brilliant that we're all working since january and i I just think you know what some of us have been working for years and years and people before us have been working for mm-hmm. years and I've had people say things to me like has anyone thought about contacting the BBC no no <laughs> nobody's thought of that ever until you said it to me now and I think people have been contacting all the media outlets for years but as you say it comes to fruition later on and it's it nice to see it coming to fruition but it can be a lot of years work where it feels like nothing's happening before things start happening. So I diverge a, a little bit from from the topic. Uh, so about the equipment. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I think again, you cannot really expect that you will start professionally from from the get go. 
uh, and that shouldn't stop you from doing anything, uh, what I said before. But after, after we, uh, had this first protest and then the Roslav one. So in Roslav, we still, still didn't have, uh, the proper equipment. We, we only have had those posters. And in Roslav, we had a megaphone. And the problem mm-hmm. with megaphone is that, uh, it's, it has a really harsh sound because it's not meant for like like speeches uh, like normal calm speeches it's meant to 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 announce something so many people will hear that interesting uh, yeah. but it's not uh, it's not a proper sound system so we we went online and see what what we could find and we got interested in what people use at the funerals because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how it works in New Zealand, but here in Poland, uh, JWs uh, at the funerals use this exact equipment that we now have. Well, maybe not this exact model, but this kind of equipment. So they they had this speaker, like very nice loudspeaker, portable with a battery built in, and then uh, a wireless microphone or even two microphones. So so you can speak and also uh, a line in to put like to connect uh, an external device so that they use that for for playing songs so this is the equipment we searched and it turned out that it's quite cheap really oh good because i think i'll be buying that <laughs> so for us it cost like in dollars it would be 350 dollars maybe for the whole kit so for for a sound equipment that's not really a lot but yeah, the, the point is you, you have to be prepared to spend some money. There's no way around it. And even before before that that one guy approached us, so in in Wrocław we still didn't uh, we, we used our our own funds for that. But then this guy approached us and we bought the speaker. We bought a professional gimbal equipment for the cameras, so for, so you can have like a fluid camera motion. We bought some more posters and the the big posters, which turned out to be a very very good idea. Not sure if you if you saw them. Uh, it's like one one of them is two meters by one meter, and one is I think four meters by something. And it's it's nice because when we set it up on a street in in a protest when we went to the branch office in Nadajin, we set it up just per, just beside the street. Every single driver slowed down and looked at it. Wow, <laughs> so, so that's, that's really useful. That's something that's yeah. that's really useful because you you see it from afar and yeah, and, and you can read it and you can read it. Um, so so yeah, this this kind of speaker uh, is really nice because it's designed to deliver speeches, not to not to yell at people, but to deliver speeches. And you also and, had a van. You put stickers all over a van. Yeah, yeah. So, so Alex, because he's a carpenter, uh, he he builds uh, furniture and so on. So he had this this van, and we thought, well, one of our th- those bigger banners could fit that van very nicely. And so that was that was the van we parked the, the night before, so they didn't uh, <laughs> uh, steal our spot. And it was funny because one one JW thought it was a good idea to stand to to stand his car in front of our van so so to cover the the banner 
but the problem is we used up the last space, so we, he had to stand in in a place illegally. So of course, so of course, we approached the police, which were at the spot because in Poland, I don't know how it's in New Zealand, but in Poland, you have to inform the authorities that you will uh, and at this and this date in this and this place you will have a protest, and they are cool with that. You, you don't have to get permission; you just have to let them know, yeah. and they I will. And they will usually send like police to just uh, make sure everything's okay. I'm hoping that's what will happen in London. I've I've put the um, notification in. You don't legally have to do it if it's not a march. So if you move in, you legally have to do it. Yeah. But it's good practice yeah. to, to notify because I want them to cooperate with us. Because exactly. I know witnesses love phoning the police, so it'd be exactly. nice to have that already done <laughs> yes yes so so they phoned the police and they said yeah they they, they they are cool with that yeah and the police says yeah they are allowed to be there and then they have no other recourse so so that that's good and yeah we approached the police and said that this guy is not only parking in illegally he's also interfering with our legal protest <laughs> and, and the policeman went to them, explained that it's either a big fine or they go out and they <laughs> and they drive, drove out. So I, I was curious what was what went through their head. Like, why mm. didn't Jehovah? <laughs> yeah, make it. But yeah. <laughs> so what I've asked people to do for the London protest, there's a public car park that serves the convention centre that the witnesses will be going to and parking in. So I'll park there. I'll pay the parking fee and park there. And I'm going to line the inside of my car with posters and things. So if other people do that as well around that car park, they'll be walking past that as they go to the the convention centre in London and the other thing is the spot that we've got is right outside the convention centre so our really? protest times are at lunchtime and at tea time when they're going backwards and forwards and it's served by just by two tube stations by two train stations so the only access Jehovah's Witnesses have to the convention is via the car park or the two train stations so everyone should see us which is brilliant can I ask you how many leaflets you printed? Because I've printed a thousand. I, as you say, you've got to stump up some money, haven't you? And now I'm wondering, do I, might I need more? Well, recently we printed 160,000 of leaflets. For one protest, I think a thousand is, is enough. You, you will probably, if if there are many people engaged, you will probably uh, like give out a couple hundred. Uh, yeah, totally. pe- people people are really interested, but but you you have to be really careful. And uh, when you approach people from the very beginning, you have to explain that you're not a JW because they are so used to receive st- this kind of stuff from JWs that. Uh, uh, many many times they they were people were just mistaken us by W's and said like we're not interested and <laughs> yeah yeah great advice yeah so you had a camera mm-hmm. and it, you put a compilation video together did you use a drone for that well for the compilation from last year's I didn't have a drone yet so so mm-hmm. we only had this. Uh, uh, I mostly shot on my cell phone, which is uh, like one of the, uh, it's, it's an iPhone and the camera is quite good. But also I use this, this gimbal, this handheld gimbal, which stabilizes the, the phone. 
inside, so mm -hmm. it makes for a very smooth video. For the latest protest we had in Twardogura, uh, where, where Alex lives, I don't know if you saw that. So uh, I used a drone because um, we also bought this this guy who gave so much money for our protest also uh, funded a tent. Did you saw that tent? The, the blue tent that we had? No, that must be the only one I haven't seen. You saw it, did you, Louise? I can't remember. I feel as if I have, but I might be What did you do with the tent? What, how did you use that? Well, the tent was, first of all, it had the address of our website, and it also had JW logo striped with red, and it was also for for rain because it it was actually raining, and you you have to be prepared for that as well. So for for the speaker, we had this uh, this foil bag you could put over the speaker, and it sounds fine, but but the water will not hurt it. So that's a good idea to have one uh, on hand. Um, but then we we bought the stand. I'll. I'll try to find real quick the uh, picture of the stand because you probably don't know what I'm talking about exactly. I think we, we just use a different word for it. So we use the word tent to describe something we would camp in, you know, when you go hiking. But I think what you're describing... Well, like, um, a canopy, I would say. Like, you, like. Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe that's... I've seen that. Yep, I saw that. I've watched everything you did. I've, I've read, it, <laughs> read about it and... I'm really, we're very interested to learn, like we could learn from New York, we can learn from you, we can learn from, um, just to let you know, I'm actually Australian living in Australia, but I was in New Zealand recently, and um, in New Zealand there was a lady we interviewed by the name of Rachel Jackson, and Rachel also made it, like pimped up her car, if you like, with uh, balloons and posters and so on wow. to do a protest, so we're learning from each other in all of our countries. Mm -hmm. I'll send you photos from that because uh, I'm not sure if I put that uh, up. There's also a photo of our witnessing cart <laughs> that, that Alex built uh, with our books. Amazing. This is nice because we really have many material. Uh, there is this one guy here in Poland who, who was uh, researching JWs for like 15 or 20 years already. And he's not a JW, he's a Catholic, but he, he, it's just a, a, at this point, he's, it's just his hobby. And he's also a scholar, so he wrote several books about uh, doctrine of JWs. He wrote a book uh, called Ever-Changing Doctrine of JWs, which is a comparison of all things that change over time. It's available in English, by the way. He wrote oh, a brilliant. Book. Another link. Yeah. yeah. We'll put another link then. Thank you. He, he wrote a book about the 1975 and 1925 with all the quotes. So if you show that to JW, they cannot possibly deny that, oh, that it happened. Uh, and, a book, and a book about blood uh, and all those uh, things. So, yeah, we had loads of material and I think people uh, were were quite interested you can also see on the, this photo, it's a new piece of equipment we had. Um, those uh, self-standing posters on on an uh, aluminium frame. I don't know if you, should, yeah. if you see the picture. We have those at work, where I work, and I was thinking about them for the protest. But as you say, it's kind of my first time. <laughs> yeah, it, you, you don't have to do all of it for yeah. the first time. Uh, this is this is nice because I, I'm. I'll tell you why 
I think this is a good idea because on that day it was heavily raining, so we stand, we stood like uh, below the canopy, and we couldn't really approach people. But those posters, which are waterproof and self-standing, did did our work for us, really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, well, it doesn't rain in England, so you don't need it, Louise. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm seriously thinking about that possibility, and I'm all the stories that I'm asking people to send me that I'm going to put up on a story wall. I'm going to laminate just in case mm-hmm. it does mm-hmm. rain. Mm-hmm. So, um, Matches, there's still more, but we're really out of time now. So I'm just going to talk about a couple of things that you sent me, the details, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. So the other things that you've done is you also, you said before, you were reaching out into institutions, the government and other institutions. There was also somebody who participated in a national debate about families where he outlined how mm-hmm. institutional abuse can happen. Yeah. Uh, you also gave talks at university panels and went to see the Prime Minister's Office of Public Dialogue, which is what it's called with you. Yeah. So you're trying to do everything in your reach and the end goal is to educate the public, which I think is very important because we're often thinking about our own families, our own JW families and friends. But actually, if you think about the 80-20 rule, you need to mm-hmm. reach the public. I think that's mm-hmm. what you're doing very well, is reaching the, the general public so they can inoculate themselves. So I wanted people to know about all of that that you did. We also invited your friends to t- talk with you, but unfortunately the timing of the date and the time didn't work for them. But if you tell us their names, we would like to give them credit on this podcast because we really appreciate that you were a group. You also said that you announced your um, manifesto or protest Six months ahead, you reminded people about it. You reached out personally to many people. And then you've told us about all the pieces of equipment that you did. And you've also said that you can share your template files for the banners and signs if we want to make similar ones, which is very generous and we really appreciate. You're welcome. And I just want to say, uh, to close that up and, and uh, to uh, underline what you said, that it's important to let the public know. I I had, after the, those protests, because I put my phone number by mistake <laughs> in one of the interviews, I got many, many calls uh, from non-JW people uh, begging for help because their closed ones are being dragged into the cult and they don't know what to do. People, uh, people are uh, clueless about how this works. People don't know about the... Uh, mind control mechanisms that that JWs use, and they are scared that that they are closed ones suddenly like became become different people for them. So, so my point is that it's really really important for us to to do this work, like you said, not only for our close ones because they are already inside and it's it's actually harder for us to convince them, but for all those other people who, like, husband became a JW and her life became hell. Uh, it, it's really, I get those kind of stories, like, every month, and it's really sad. So, so that's, that's what drives me, I think, to, to prevent those kind of things from happening. Thank you so much for all your time that you've given us and thank you to your wife who's been really kind and given you the space to take up all your morning being interviewed <laughs> like this. I really appreciate it. Um, Lara, do you, did you have a song? 
I do have a song. So um, just in case you didn't know this, at the end of the podcast, I choose a song that I think is most appropriate for the person that we're talking to. Hmm. Um, and now just before I introduce that song, I just need to give you that quick update about New Zealand where I was just last week. Um, and that update, I'll give you the abridged version, two things. One is that they have a Royal Commission. The Royal Commission needs um, submissions for their terms of reference submitted by the end of this month. So it's now April 2018 and you have just one and a half weeks to make a submission because they've decided they are not going to include institutions. So it's quite different to the Australian Royal Commission. If you want to make a difference, New Zealanders, you need to send in a letter to the Royal Commission. There's now plenty of information that we've provided that you can uh, utilise. And I know, for example, that a lawyer in Australia has written to request that institutions like the Watchtower are included in the Royal Commission. So that's the first bit. The second bit is that I met with a journalist in New Zealand and we've talked about her before on the podcast and her name is Amy Parsons King. Now, Amy Parsons King is ready almost to release the work that she's been doing over the last six months or so, more than that. Now, she is going to be releasing, to my understanding, a documentary on TV, a radio program, and also she's going to be releasing an article to go with it. So that's going to happen in three or four weeks. So there's a lot going to be happening in the Southern Hemisphere with our Antipodean friends. So please look out for that. That's my update for New Zealand. There'll be more in a future podcast. Now, the, the song for you <laughs> today <laughs> has got to come from Avicii. I don't know if you know this band. It's A-V-I-C-I, Avicii. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I'm sorry to say that the singer actually died today. So I'm giving a bit of a tribute Uh-oh. to them been in the news it's a bit of a tribute because they have a terrific tune and the tune really suits you matches because it's called wake me up so i'm going to please ask you louise to play that song wake me up avici thank you both for your time it's been a a really instructive podcast for me because i need to build on the shoulders of of the polish giants that have gone before and and try and make this protest in london something worthwhile for everybody who's going to attend so thank you everybody for listening to jw community podcast bye having you good luck bye feeling my way through the darkness guided by a beating heart i can't tell where the journey will end But I know where to start They tell me I'm too young to understand They say I'm caught up in a dream Well, life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes So that's fine by me So wake me up when it's all over When I'm wiser and I'm older All this time I was finding myself in a
they don't like us. Yeah, I know. Why? Where are we going? Somewhere we belong. 